Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12. <clears throat> it says, For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and to the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Let us pray. Father How, I thank you for the service this morning. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for allowing us the privilege of worshiping you. Thank you for all of our dear brothers and sisters that are here. And Lord, I come before you very inadequate to give this message this morning. I beg you, Father, that you get me out of the way. I beg you that you would allow your spirit to speak to the hearts of all that are here. Lord, give us an understanding on this, Lord, that will, will help us to move forward in a way that be pleasing to you, we pray in Jesus' holy name. And amen. You can be seated. So, uh, there is a teaching uh, uh, in Christianity that says uh, there, is the, there is the body, there is the flesh, and then there's the soul and the spirit. And the soul and the spirit are the same thing. Uh, so, there's two parts to man. There's, there's body, and then there's soul and spirit. Okay, that, that's a teaching in Christianity. And then there's another teaching in Christianity that says uh, there are three parts in the, in the body, or the three parts of a person. There's the body, the soul, and the spirit. And you say, preacher, does it really make a difference? I'm going to show you this morning. It makes a huge difference. Make a huge difference. But, but how many of you can understand without having a theological degree what di- uh, any good hillbilly can understand this? Dividing asunder. What's that mean? Right, you're cutting it in two, right? If it says to divide asunder the soul and the spirit, how are you going to do that if it's the same thing? It's saying that there are two different things and that the Word of God is strong enough to come down and cut between your soul and your spirit. All right, now listen. <laughs> You guys got to work with me, okay? We got, we got to work with me. This is going to be a little bit strange. Stay with me, okay? This is going. You say this is what was he going to try to teach? It's going to be a little bit different this morning. But you need to stick with me because when this is over, you're going to say you're either going to say two things. You're either going to say, "Wow, that blows my mind," or you're going to say, "I didn't get it," okay? That's probably the two things you're going to say. But I need you to stick with me. Don't turn me off. This is really important. So I believe this clearly shows here uh, that the spirit and the soul are two separate things. Do you see in your King James Version Bible, do you see that the S on spirit is lowercase? Not talking about the Holy Spirit. It's talking about your spirit. So the Word of God that we preach, this Bible, the Word of God, is able to come down and go in between your spirit and your soul. Is that what it says? I mean, that's just real simply what it says. Now, bone and marrow, joints and marrow, that is flesh. 
that is flesh. So here we clearly have, and in other places we have it as well, but here we clearly have, we have the soul, we have the spirit, and we have the body. He goes on to speaking about the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Maybe we'll talk about that uh, later in the message. But I would like to lay out for you three parts of all of you. All of you have three parts. And this is very important. And I believe it will, it will really open our eyes to understand a, a lot of things. But everybody here, every, I, I'm, I'm assuming this, everybody here has a body. Right? Everybody here has a body, right? Whether you like it or not, you have a body, right? And your body is simply, if you'll understand it, your body is simply um, dirt. In the Garden of Eden, God reached down and he grabbed a handful of dirt and he made a man out of it and it was just dirt. Book of Ecclesiastes literally says, uh, uh, from, from dust thou art into dust you're going to go back. Right? We're, we're just dirt. So this outward body that you look at, uh, the book of Second uh, um, Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 1, it speaks about this is a house. But I'm going to leave this house and I have another house waiting on me. Amen? Right? So one day I will, if the Lord doesn't come back first, if, if the rapture doesn't come, one day I will lay here before you and, and listen, you'll come by and you'll, you'll say goodbye. But can I just say, that's just a house. That's just dirt. And, and if you would be gross, but if you go back and see it in a few years, you'll see it's just dirt, right? It's just, it, there's, there's nothing to it. What I'm saying is, this what you see is not me. Do you guys get that? This what you see is not me. Listen, you could cut my arm off and I'd still be me. Because this ain't me. This is dirt. This is a house that I live in. So God uh, uh, made uh, us out of, of clay. He made us out of dirt. Now, the body is what we relate to this world with. You got up this morning, you looked out and you said it's a beautiful, sunshiny day. Do you know you couldn't have done that without a body? We have eyes to see, we, we have uh, ears to hear, we, have, we can smell, we can taste, we can touch, we have the five senses, uh, we can walk. We have this body, it's how we relate to the world, right? You guys get that? That's, that's how we relate to the world. Listen, my soul can't relate to the world. My soul can't taste food. My soul can't see things. My soul doesn't hear things. My, my body is what connects me to the world. But it is just... A vehicle. It's just a vehicle. It's getting old. It's decaying. It's breaking down. But Paul mentioned about that this outer man is is, um, decaying, but this inner man is full of life. My soul is not getting old. You ever thought about that? My soul's not getting old. It's still young. By the way, it's going to live for forever. So it, it's, it's not got old, right? My flesh is getting old. So we have the body that relates to the... Uh, stick with me here. I can see it looks on your face. You got to stick with me. So we have the body uh, that, that relates to the world. We also have a soul. We have a soul. The soul is who you are. The soul is made up of your intellect, your emotion, and your will. If that's what it's made up of. So everything you know, everything you've learned, everything you've been taught, right or wrong, every experience you've had, all of your information, that, that, is, that is your 
part of your soul, your, your emotions, your fear, your happiness, your anger, your bitterness, your, your depression, all of those things, that's part of your soul. And your will, you have to will, I'm going to do this or I'm not going to do this. All of that is, so you have a soul that is in you, uh, but this soul is, is inside of your body. Your body doesn't do anything. Uh, in other words, it's not your body that's doing it. It is the soul that is controlling your body. So the body relates to the world. They'll get this. It's really, really important. The soul is what connects your body and your spirit. That is really huge. And we'll, and we'll, and we'll try to explain that as we go on. Personality. We all have personalities. Right? That is your soul. That is your soul. <laughs> I can tell I've lost most of you at this point. <laughs> we all have a soul. We all have a body. And then there is the spirit. The spirit is where God dwells. That's where God dwells. Okay? They're all three very, very separate. So. Let's see if we can make sense of this at all, because I, I know I'm... Now, I've got a lot, of, a lot of Bible verses here. I've got them on your sheet. You don't have to look them up, and you can go home and study them later. And if you, do, if you think, well, Pastor, when I get done with this, I don't agree with what you uh, taught this morning. Well, I just encourage you to go back and study it out in the Bible. And there are just so, so many verses. I could have just given us dozens and dozens and dozens of verses this morning, but trying to make it uh, as fast as we can. But I'm going to try and take us on a little journey, because I, I can see that most of you are thinking, either, you're either thinking, I don't understand, or you're thinking you're bored. So I want to make this real exciting this morning, all right? So so Genesis 2.17, so i, I got to lay this out for you. First of all, God created man from dirt. Everybody's with me? And in the garden, we have man, and then we had man and woman, Adam and Eve, and they, they were in perfect bodies, and they were in a perfect environment. They had a body that was made out of dirt, and then God reached down and he breathed into them the breath of life, and they became a living soul. So now they have a soul, a personality, they have intellect, they have emotion, they have will, inside of a clay vessel that is their body, but they also had a spirit. The Bible tells us that in the, in the cool of the day, God would come by and visit with them, and they would have perfect communion with God, right? Is that what the Bible says? So they had a spirit that communed with God. Now, this was before redemption. This was before Calvary. This was before Jesus. But they had a spirit that would, would fellowship with God. Now, here's where, you, here's where it gets interesting. Let's read uh, Genesis 2.17. It says... But, the, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now, did that happen or did that not happen? Did it happen or did it not happen? Because I thought that when Adam ate the, of the tree of the knowledge... Or that I thought that he lived for hundreds and hundreds of years after that. Did God lie? Now this didn't say you will die. This said the day you do that, you will die. So either God lied, he was wrong, he was using a figure of speech. But God said the day you taste it, that day you will die. But Adam lived 930 years. Maybe God was wrong. 
Now I got you guys thinking. First time you guys have tuned in. <laughs> All right. I got to keep you got to keep you connected now. So what died? His spirit died. So they so they were in the garden of Eden. They had the body, soul and spirit and they sinned against God. And instantly, I believe the instant they took a bite of that fruit, Adam and Eve, their spirit died dead and they lived there from there on they lived with a body and they lived with a soul but they did not live with a spirit because they had their intellect they had their emotions they had their will they had their body but they did not have something to fellowship with god their spirit died that very day and i want you to know the rest of the old testament what do we have you know, they built a tabernacle, they built a temple, and God would come in and God would dwell. God literally said, build me a tabernacle that I might dwell with man. Not in man, with man. And they'd have to go out to where the temple was, where the tabernacle was, to be where God was at. Because God wasn't in them because they didn't have a spirit for God to be in. Is anybody with me? I'm trying to make this simple. Now... They go through the whole Old Testament. Sometimes the Holy Spirit would come upon people. You ever wonder why it was in the Old Testament when the Holy Spirit would come upon people? Holy Spirit came upon Samson. He whooped a bunch of people. Holy Spirit left. Right? You ever wonder why that was? The Holy Spirit didn't have a place to dwell. The Spirit was dead. Then we come to the New Testament. Ephesians 2 and 1. You have He quickened. That means made alive. Who were dead. And trespasses and sins. Your spirit was dead. If you were here this morning, you're not Christian. Your spirit is dead. You have a soul. You have a body. Everybody here has a body. Everybody here has a personality, a soul, a will, an intellect. But you do not have a spirit. Your spirit is dead. Literally dead. Cannot commune with God. Cannot have be dwelt with the Holy Spirit. Cannot. It is dead. And this verse says that it has been quickened. So if you're here and you're a Christian, your spirit that was dead, it was made alive because of Jesus. And now you have a spirit and a soul and a body. So we have people who are walking around with a body and with a soul with no spirit. And then we have people walking around with a body, a soul, and a spirit. Are you guys getting this? Okay, so let's go a little farther. So we go to John 3, 5, and 6. <clears throat> Nicodemus comes to Jesus asking him what, and they're, they're having a conversation. Jesus says, <clears throat> And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, a lot of debate about this. There's no way that this can be water baptism. If this is water baptism, then it is saying that, that the water baptism is part of the salvation process. And how many of you know that's heresy? Right? That's heresy. That's not part of the salvation process. So this is not water baptism. What I believe this is, I believe this is birth. Not to be gross, but how many of you know that in the birthing process there is water involved? Okay? <laughs> All right, we are born of our mother. It is the natural birth. I'm just assuming everybody here was born by the looks of it, right? 
Everybody here has a mother. Everybody here was born. You have a natural body. Every person on the planet has a natural body. But this says that if you want to go to heaven, not only do you have to be born physically, which is your body, you have to be born spiritually, which comes from God, which we call being born again. When you are born again, your spirit comes to life. Before that, you are literally dead because you have a body and a soul, but no spirit. All right? You say, Pastor, I'm not sure I agree with that. Well, read the next verse, because Jesus explains, I think, quite clearly. Verse number six, that which is born of the flesh, that what was born in the flesh, is flesh. And that which is born in the spirit is spirit. Now, the writers of the King James Version, uh, they, they decided that they that are born of the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit, is Spirit, small s. That's just saying that when the Holy Spirit comes in, your spirit comes alive. All right? Are you, are you with me? <clears throat> uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, we all know this verse. We quote it all the time. What does it mean? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. When you got saved, you didn't just get made better. You became something brand new. Your spirit was dead. You did not have a spirit. You could not commune with God. The Holy Spirit could not commune. And the Holy Spirit came down and dwelled inside of you. And you became a brand new creature. How many know what creature means? It means a creation. Just like God made the man out of dirt, He made you brand new creature uh, out of spirit. Out of spirit. Now, now here it gets a little bit, uh, we, we believe the Bible here, right? This, this is going to go a little bit deep. And, and, and before you throw rocks, let's make sure we're going by the Bible. What do we do, church, when the Bible contradicts what you've always believed? We go with the Bible. We go with the Bible. Right? We don't go with what we always believe. We go with the Bible. So we're going to read what the Bible says. Sixth chapter of Romans. Let's read some interesting verses. It says, Know ye not that, that so many of you as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Again, this cannot be water baptism because if it is, it is part of the salvation process. It's not. This is clearly speaking of, of salvation. Now, the word baptized means to be associated with, to become part of. How many of you know that in a lot of the old Baptist churches, maybe still today, a lot of the Baptist churches, when you become baptized with water, what did you do? You became part of the church. That's how you joined the church. You got baptized, you are part of the church. You know what this is saying? When you get saved, when you get baptized spiritually into the church, not this church, into Jesus Christ. That's how you become part of the church. Okay? <laughs> this is so good. You guys are not getting it. Uh, uh, help me, Lord. Uh, help me. It clearly says we are, we are baptized into, we become a part of Jesus Christ. Now get this. This is, this is really, really so, so important. As we're baptized into Jesus Christ, I, my spirit, now becomes part of Jesus Christ. You guys believe that? Now it says... Baptized into his death. So Jesus went to Calvary. He paid for the sins of the world. Everyone, why, what in the world does it have to do with me that Jesus died on the cross? I mean, Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago. What in the world does it have to do with me? Because I was there. Because I was there. My sins were there. 
He took my sins to the cross and my sins, which are the wages of sin is death, that deserve death. He died for my sins. And I was there when he died. And when he died and he was buried in the grave, I died with him and I was buried in the grave with him because my sins were upon him and my spirit was dead. So from Adam and Eve, my spirit has been dead and I've, I've been walking around just with a body and just with a soul. But when Jesus died, my body, my spirit was dead with him in the grave. But hallelujah, look at the next verse. Therefore we are if we therefore we are buried with him and by baptism unto death that like as Christ aren't you glad it didn't end in the grave like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father even so we also should walk in a newness of life so though I went to the grave with Jesus, and though my spirit was dead with Jesus, just like Jesus resurrected out of the grave, I resurrected and my spirit came back to life. And I'm no longer dead, I am alive. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you want life, you have to have Jesus. If you don't have Jesus, you are dead. I might be getting this out of order, but I want to say it anyway. Have you ever thought about the fact people talk about um, going to heaven, whether it be the rapture, whether it be a death, whatever the fact, fact may be, you know, all those crazy different beliefs out there. But if you just take this simple thing that we're trying to learn this morning, can I just say it real, real simple? I'm trying to make this as simple as I can. Just say it real simple. If you have a body and you have a soul and you die, you have nothing to go to heaven with. What are you going to go with? Your body is going to be turned back into dust. Your soul can't go to heaven because it can't be with God. You have nothing to go with. But if you have a spirit, you're going to leave that body behind. And your soul is going to stay behind. But your spirit is going to go to heaven. All right? So, don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. So, so, so we know these verses. What do these verses mean? I'm, I'm trying to go somewhere. God help me. Romans seven fifteen. So Romans chapter six. Most of the whole chapter is talking about us dying to the flesh. The old man is crucified. The whole the whole chapter is about dying out to sin, coming alive, living a brand new life in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> So now I have a spirit, and now I am a spirit, soul, and a body. But now in chapter 7, Paul, the writer Paul says, uh, verse 15, For what that which I do I allow not, for that which I would, uh, that I do not, but what I do I hate, that, that do I. Now is that just double talk? Now let's see, let's see what Paul is really saying. That what my body does... My spirit doesn't want to do. Does that make any more sense? And that what I, my spirit says I don't allow, my body goes ahead and does it. Now this is going to go real deep, but we're going to go by the Bible. You guys, you guys with me? We're going to go by the Bible instead of what we've always believed. So Paul is saying, my body's doing things that my spirit doesn't want. Is there any Christian here who would be bold enough to say, since I've been saved, my body did some things that I wish it wouldn't have done? My spirit said, don't do that. But my flesh went ahead and did it anyway. Right? Paul's saying, I, my spirit doesn't want to do this, but my body's doing it. 
Then he says, if then I do that which is I would not, I consent unto the law that the law is good. What does Paul say? Paul said, my body needs a law to tell it what it can and cannot do because my body is not right. My body is evil. I need a law to control my body. But then he says, now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. This is where you should go. What is he saying? That's really, really good. What is he saying? Then it is no more I that do it. So I go out and I I do something I shouldn't do. I, I say something I shouldn't say. My body does something my body should not do. Paul said, when that happens, my spirit doesn't want any part of that, even though my soul did, or my body did. Now that is really, really big. Now we go by the Bible, right? And then it says, not if, now if I do that I would not, we believe the Bible, if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Is anybody getting how staggering this is? Paul is saying, when I do sin, when I do things I shouldn't do, my spirit wants no part of that. But sometimes my flesh does. Could anybody testify to that? My flesh does things and I say, oh, why did you do that? So, then we jump down into Romans 8. So if you know your Bibles, Romans chapter 6 is all about the, the dying out to the flesh and living a new life. Romans chapter 7 is this struggle uh, back and forth between the body and the spirit. And Romans verse uh, chapter 8, really the whole chapter of book of Rome, or 8th chapter of Romans is about the spirit. But look at what it says in, in verse number one, there is therefore now, there is therefore now, because everything Paul has just said, now, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Paul goes on to say nothing can separate us from the love of God. And he goes about all these different things and, and, and all those verses in there. And, and, if, and if, you know, if, if he spared not his son, why would he give, not give us all good things? And all those things that it says there. But here it says that there's no condemnation. How many of you know what condemnation is? Condemnation is you're damned. You're going to hell. You're going to burn forever. Condemnation is you are judged as a sinner. Paul said... There's no condemnation for those that are saved. Is that what he said? Now, you say, well, preacher, this is how I read the verse. Now, let's use a little bit of common sense here. Let's use just a little bit of Bible study here, and, and then, and then we'll, we'll move on. It says, who walk at, not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So you say, Pastor, I know what that means. That means if we don't give in to the flesh, and we always are walking in the Spirit, that we won't be condemned. Doesn't that sound good? Doesn't that sound good? As long as you're not giving into the flesh and you're always walking in the spirit, then God won't condemn you. But if you walk in the flesh, God condemns you. There's a problem with that. There's a problem with that. I've never met any Christians. Has anybody ever met a Christian who always walked in the spirit and never walked in the flesh? I've never met one yet, Marianne. I've never, not one time. I've, I'm, I'm, I don't do it, that's for sure. Uh, there's sometimes I walk in the flesh. There's sometimes I walk in the spirit. So if I am saying that there's no condemnation for me, and so long as I never walk in the flesh, but I always walk in the Spirit, do you know what that's called? That's called sinless perfection. And we don't believe in that. That means Christians don't sin. we got plenty of proof that that's not true. 
Okay, we got plenty of proof that's not true. So this is saying that if you have a new spirit, that, the, that you are not condemned because we're in the spirit, we're not in the flesh. Got one more verse. This has been such a, a verse of controversy, and it, and it just doesn't seem right in every way, and we can try and twist it around, make it say something. Can I just give you a hint? When you're trying to interpret the Scripture, and you've got to twist it and turn it and do it upside down and make it really totally not make sense to make it fit your thoughts, you're probably not doing it right. Just let the Bible say what the Bible says, because the Bible's right. But this verse doesn't seem right. I've had people call, I've had people from other churches call me and argue with me about this verse. I've had people bring this verse up. This is a tremendous verse of controversy. But if you understand what we're preaching this morning, this verse makes perfect sense. 1 John 3, 9. Whosoever is born of God, look at what it says, doth not commit sin. Wow. The Bible's got to be wrong. For his seed remaineth in him... And he cannot sin. <laughs> Is anybody paying attention to me? Do I need to just go home? Because he is born of God. Can I just tell you the Bible's true or the Bible's not true? Either this verse here, we need to twist it around and make it say something that doesn't, or it simply says, if you are born of God, you cannot sin. You say, preacher, that makes no sense whatsoever. Let's make it make sense. Preacher, you tell us all the time, almost every Sunday, you tell us that we all sin all the time. Amen. We do. With what? With your body. But I also tell you all of the time that no one's going to have the standard to get into heaven is 100% a sinless perfection. You cannot go to heaven with even the slightest bit of sin. You cannot go to You have to be sinless to go to heaven. How are you going to pull that one off? Because your spirit has God in it. And your spirit is holy and sinless but your body is still dragging it around, and it's still sinful. Is this making sense to me? Says George, you're the only one with me in the whole church. <laughs> I'm just going to preach here. You rest of you just listen, okay? Now listen. The Spirit. Now what have we been taught? All, this is really, really profound. This is really, really deep. And, and I'd just like to bawl and cry right now, but I'm going to try and preach to you guys. What have we been taught all of our lives? All of our lives. Since I was a little boy, I've been taught this by all the preachers. God cannot dwell with sin. Do you know that when Jesus Christ went to the cross, the Holy Son of God, the the part of the Trinity went to the cross? Do you understand that God the Father had to look away because of the sin that was on him? Even for his son, he could not make an exception. He said, I cannot be with sin. I can only be with sinlessness. But then he said, I want to dwell inside of you. How are we going to do that if we have sin in us? So Jesus, so God wouldn't make an exception for his son, but he makes an exception for me. Does that make sense to anybody at all? So there's only one conclusion we come with. The spirit is sinless, but the soul is not sinless, and the body is definitely not sinless. 
So we have a, a body that is still here, that is, that is dirt, that is just a vessel, and it, and, it, and it lives in this world. We have a soul that is intellect, will, and, and emotion, and it lives still uh, with all of the things of this world. And then we have a spirit that was dead, that we did not have, that has now become alive, that now is pleasing enough to God, that God the Holy Spirit could come and live inside of us because it is sinless. And whatever I do with my soul or my body has nothing to do with the fact that my spirit is holy and righteous before God. And I will go to heaven when this life is over, not because I did all the right things, but because Jesus made me alive when I was dead, and my spirit is now alive, and my spirit will go to heaven. And that changes everything. And that changes everything. So let's put this into practice. So that was all just to get you thinking. Let's put this, it's not going to be long. Don't, don't fret. It's not going to be long. I just want to talk to you. I, want to, I, I thought if I give you all of that, because I know how some of you are, you go out here saying, So what? So what? Right, so I got to put it into practice. Let's put it into practice. So we're let's 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 come to church Sunday morning, okay? Let's come to church Sunday morning. Let's for number point number one. Let's let's uh, look at talking to the body. So you came in here this morning. Every last one of you came in here this morning. You saw the beautiful day outside. You talked to people in the foyer. You come in and sat down and could feel a. How many of you felt the seat when you sat in it? How many of you could feel the temperature in here so you could complain about it? How many of you could hear the PA that was playing? How many of you could see the singers that were singing? The way that you are here is with your body. You have no other way to take in this service except for your body. Your eyes, your ears, your everything about that's how you take it. Your legs brought you here. Listen, your soul couldn't have got here without your body. It took your body to bring you here. Ain't nothing good about your body. I'm not talking about because it's, it's not pretty. I'm talking about there's just nothing good about your body. Right? But you couldn't get here without it. How are you going to get here without a body? It's just inconvenient. Right? You can't get... So your body brought you in here. So now I got up this morning wanting to preach a message and my spirit with everything that is in me, my, my spirit, Gary's spirit, which is dwelt with the Holy Spirit which the Holy Spirit has been talking to my spirit, giving me this message that I want to preach to you. Problem is, for me to preach that message that's in my spirit to you, I've got to go through my soul. Because that's what connects me to the body. So my soul is everything I know, all of my, all of my intellect, right or wrong, good or bad, all of my prejudices, all of my misconceptions, my emotions, my feelings, my will, my spirit, the message has got to go through my soul to get to my body. How many of you know it's hard to preach a message without a body? I got to have this thing. Listen, you may not looking at it, but it's all I got to give you. And, and, I, and I can't wave my hand and pick up my Bible and shout and scream and spit and holler. And, and I can't do any of that stuff without this body. So I've got to get my spirit to go through my soul to come into my body so my body can talk to you. So your body is the only thing I can address. Just, I've got to talk to your body. But your body's no good. And I'm trying to get to your spirit... But before I can get to your spirit, I got to go through your body, and then I got to get to your spirit after I get through your soul. Is anybody following me? Does this make any sense whatsoever? Yeah. Okay, I got two or three of you joining me. I feel so much better. You're not alone anymore, Sister <laughs> So my, so I'm up here preaching a message, but I have to preach it to your body. 
Let's just be real. What if your body's tired? I know nobody ever comes to this church tired. Nobody ever goes to sleep during the preaching because it's just so phenomenal. All right, that was a joke. All right, that was a joke. <laughs> I see a lot of, all right, a lot of you are very relaxed, okay? What if you're really tired? I'm trying to show you something this morning. I have to preach to you from my spirit, through my soul, through my body, to your body. If your body is not in a condition, I'll never get to your spirit because your spirit won't be able to be accessed because your body won't let me. What about if you're sick and not feeling good? Anybody here ever come to church sick and not feeling good? So you're sick, you don't feel good, you're, you're, you're just having a really bad day, and I'm trying to preach you with my body to your body, but your body won't let me because your body is sick, and it does not feel like listening to anything because your body is sick. Right? And the message doesn't go anywhere. What about this? So you come in, you've got two eyes, you've got two ears, you know, you've got your body that can feel, you come in and sit down in church, and I'm getting up here and I'm trying to preach to you, Someone's talking, someone gets up and goes to the bathroom, some kid's fussing. I see this all the time. Some one of those cute little grandbabies of mine back here making a cute face, and they know you look at me, you're looking at them. Do you know what that is? Your body is following the flesh. Your eyes are taking in. See, I'm trying to get all of you to look at me. But your eyes go away because there's a cute little girl doing something over there. Someone gets up and goes to the bathroom and you're Something falls over there in the floor, whatever is going on over there, everybody's looking at. My point is, the body is the vehicle I have to try to get to you. But if your body goes away, I can't get to you. And that's why a lot of people go out of here saying, I didn't hear, I didn't hear nothing he said. Right? So we have the body that we're trying to talk to. That's a big challenge. But then we have the soul, point number two, that we're talking to the soul. Now think about this. I have to get from my spirit, through my soul, through my body, through your body, through your soul, before I can ever get to your spirit, where's where the message needs to go. Because the message isn't going to help your soul, and it ain't going to help your body, it's only going to help your spirit. Are you guys with me? So your soul is your intellect. It's everything you've ever been taught, everything you've ever experienced, everything you've ever been around. So maybe you've had some really bad experiences in church. Maybe you've been taught some bad doctrine in church. Maybe you believe some things that aren't accurate. So now as I'm up here preaching, I have to overcome everything that you think. Or what will you do? I don't believe that. Does anybody follow me? Your intellect just throws the message out. And it never gives me a chance to get to your spirit, which is where the message needs to go, because it's the only place that's going to do you any good. Until I get the spirit to your spirit, then we're not going to get I need to connect my spirit to your spirit, but I can't do that because my spirit is full of the Holy Spirit, your spirit is full of the Holy Spirit, and they're both sinless, but I can't get those two things together because my soul, my flesh, and your flesh, and your soul is in the way of our spirits. Does that make any sense? So now... Oh, Lord help me. Now, not only do I have to deal with your intellect, i got to deal with your emotions. Thank you, Wilma. Thank you. <laughs> bless him, Lord. Bless him. He's going to need it. So if you're in a bad mood, what do I do? What do I do? I mean, I, 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 can, I can preach a paint off a wall, but if you're in a bad mood, your soul says, I ain't listening to anything he says. And it's done. If you're depressed... If you're worried, if you're upset at somebody, 
If, if you're excited to go on vacation, if you're excited about that new truck you just got, if you're excited you can't get to wait to get that new house, you're just getting, you know, all the emotions that come into life, but we bring all of those into the church. Don't we come in here with our body and with our emotions? And then we're letting, saying God speak to me, but our emotions and our intellect won't let God speak to us. And I, it doesn't matter what message I preach you, you won't hear it if your emotions are turned off because your soul won't allow it to go on. And then we have the simple will, and your will is just what you will to do. And I know this never happens to anybody here because you're all just fantastic people. But what if we were in a church where someone says, I ain't listening. I choose not to listen. Does that happen? Happens all the time. Bless me, will you? Right? Just try and bless me. Do you know I can't bless you like that? God can't bless you like that. Oh, God can chastise you and get you down where you unfold your arms and listen. But it, what I'm saying is the will and your emotions and your intellect have the ability to cut God completely off. So you come into church and the message comes from heaven, comes straight out of the portals of heaven, comes down into my spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. It comes and it is straight out of the Word of God. And you walk out of here saying, I didn't get nothing out of that message. That's boring. Could it be your flesh, your soul, and your body? Got in the way? What about that? What about that? Now, let's just think about this just a little bit. Talking to the soul. We're still looking at talking to the soul. <clears throat> you can do what you want to with this. I'm just going to throw a couple things out there. So if all that's true, and I've and I got several of you shaking your heads now, so I think i got a little bit of you on there with me. Okay, i got, I got six or eight of you now. Let's, hopefully by the time it's over, I'll have, I'll have a bunch of you. So we're understanding that the Spirit of God cannot talk to you unless it goes through your body and then it goes through your soul, trying to get to your spirit. So all week long, you're listening to worldly music, uh, you're listening to all kinds of lyrics that are evil and wicked, you're watching all kinds of things on the internet or on TV that are vulgar, and maybe sexual things, or, or, or just all kinds of obscenities. And then you come to church with all of that junk your soul is dirty. Is your soul going to open up to the Word of God and say, speak to me? No. You're going to sit there, endure the service, be bored out of your mind, say, that was awful, I got nothing out of it, let's go get something to eat. Is anybody following this? What about, what about what you're around? So, if, I want to ask this question. If, if you heard, if someone caught you this week, maybe Friday, Saturday, maybe last night, maybe this morning coming in, if someone caught you and they pulled you aside and I just said, I just want you to know, Pastor Gary's been stealing money from the church. Okay? Pastor Gary's been having an affair. Pastor Gary's, you know, whatever. Now, let me look right here. Whether that's true or whether that's not true, are you going to listen to anything I say? You're not going to listen to anything I say. And you're not going to say, well, I want to find out if that's true. You're going to say, I got that in my soul, and I'm not going to listen to anything he says. Is anybody following this? Now, that was kind of an extreme example, but what about when you're sitting around at lunch and we're running the church down? What about when we're, we're out and someone's saying, well, the pastor just, he, you know, I don't believe it, I don't, I'm not with him. I'm, what about that? Then you come into church, is your soul open and ready to hear the Word of God? No. You shut it all down. Right? And so, now what about this? What about if all week long you've taken your body and you've set your soul down 
and you've read your Bible faithfully all week. And you took your ears and you've listened to preaching and singing and worship all week long. And you've took your eyes and you've watched, because now that's what we do is watch church on TV, right? Computer. And you've watched good gospel services. And you have been on your knees talking to God. And then you come into church with a soul that is clean. And then the preaching comes and it just flows in like a fresh water under your soul. Is anybody getting the picture? So if my soul's dirty, if your soul's dirty, we cut God out of the picture. But my spirit is holy and your spirit is holy. But we can't get your spirit to grow because uh, the soul won't let it. But if you put, take care of your soul, you can make a way for the message to get to you so the Holy Spirit could bless your spirit and you could grow. Amen. So lastly, let's talk about talking to the spirit. So we've been talking about uh, talking to the body and talking to the soul and those things that are hindering. But really, our main objective is to get to the spirit. Now, I talk about little less your spirit where God's at. So the Holy Spirit dwells in your spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to your spirit. But just like Paul said there in the seventh chapter. If you're truly born again, the Bible clearly says the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. Is that what the Bible teaches? Your spirit desires, I'm talking about your spirit desires that you would live right. It does not want you to live wrong. It wants your soul to clean itself up so your soul will make your body do what is right. So you will be what you're supposed to be. Real clear here. Spirit, I am sinless. I will go to heaven. That's positional. Soul is up to me. And my body is going to follow my soul. Does anybody know what we're called? Sanctification. Sanctification. My spirit's already perfect. It's already sinless. But my soul's all dirty. So I've got to get my soul to listen to the Spirit so my soul will clean its act up, so my soul will start doing what is right, and it will draw my body closer to my Spirit so as I become sanctified, and that's called getting closer to God. And if my soul will, uh, um, will, will put away the worldly things, and the sinful things, if my soul will control my body, what comes in my eyes, what comes in my ears, what I do with my hands, the thoughts I will control those things. My intellect is controlled uh, by the Spirit. I start doing that. My soul and my body, listen to this, important. my soul and my body start drawing closer to my Spirit, and they become more like my Spirit, which is sinless, which is pleasing to God, which is sanctification. But if my soul decides it wants to continue flirting around with the world, then my soul keeps pulling my body farther away from my spirit. And can I just say this? This is just profound to me. But can I say this? I said this is just a lump of, uh, of clay, and, and it is. And I, and I know that you guys look at me, and I know that I'm getting older, and, and I'm, not, I'm not what I used to be. I understand that. But how many of you know... That sin has an effect on our body. But Darren, I see people all the time that, are, that, that I went to school with, that I graduated with. Look, they're 80 years old. <laughs> now, I'm not being cruel. I'm just saying, sin's hard on you. 
And we think, well, it's just my soul. No, it's your flesh. So your flesh and your soul are drawing away from God and you are destroying your flesh because you won't draw near to God. But how many of you know this? How many of you know when your body, your physical body, and your soul move closer to God and get where you're supposed to and live a holy life, your body is healthier. Think about that. Think about that. And so, this is huge. This is, this is really, really huge. Now, again, we don't like this verse. I didn't put it in your notes. So I'll just read it to you. Second Peter 2 and 7. And we have to take what the Bible says. His Bible says, and delivered just lot. Just means he was justified. He was a Christian in the Old Testament terms of the word. Vexed with the filthy conversations of the wicked. Now this is what the Bible says. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Now most people would read the Old Testament and they would say Lot was a sinner. But the Bible says he was a Christian. But the Bible says he went down to Sodom and Gomorrah and he witnessed all of that evil and wicked things. And he was around that all of the time. And his body and his soul became vexed, drawn away from God. So much so that when the angels came and said, you better get your family out of there. He went to his family and said, let's get out of here. God's going to destroy it. And they said, I'm going to listen to you. His body and his soul had gotten so far away from God, didn't even resemble a Christian. So what's the solution? We all need to clean up our soul. We need to clean up our soul. So much of what happens in the church, we, we, I think we just don't understand it, but so much of what happens, it has to do with our intellect and our, and our emotions and our will. And until we get that cleaned up, we can't hear the message. We can't get closer to God. We can't become sanctified. We can't grow closer to God. We're just going to keep drawing closer and closer to the world. I just challenge us. Let's look at our soul. And let's get it prepared so the Spirit can speak to our, to our spirit. Amen. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.